Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. We've all heard the story of how Nineveh repented and was saved from judgment. Jonah, the reluctant prophet, swallowed by a whale and brought to their shores with a word of desolation for the godless nation. This enemy of Israel receives the warning and offering of God's mercy upon them. They fast in sackcloth and ashes, and the judgment passes. They are saved. Glory be to God in the highest, unmatchable, and merciful are his ways. This story is not unlike when Jesus came and offered salvation from sure judgment to the Gentile Romans that occupied and oppressed Israel at the time. You see, Jonah ran because he did not really want the Ninevites to be saved. They were the enemy of Israel and very oppressive to them. And in the same way did many of the Jews resist Jesus' message because that they did not really want the Romans saved. Again, they were occupiers and oppressors. Yet God is abundant in mercy. And it is not his will that any should perish, but that all should have the chance to come to repentance. However... To whom much is given, much is required. When mercy comes, it stays a judgment. How much greater, then, is the punishment that lays on the other end of it, if that mercy is disregarded? The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, verse 29, Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who has trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith that person had once been sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace, that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And it is a fearful thing, to fall into the hands of a living God. The reality is this, that we rarely consider Nineveh's story past the point of Jonah's warning. The sad truth is that many of them wasted the great gift that God had given them and forsook their own mercy by returning to their sin and selfishness. They oppressed the innocent. They broke God's covenants. They suppressed and oppressed his people and his priest. They controlled and manipulated everyone under them. Their merchants and military, their politics, their oppressive government overtook and overruled all the other nations around them. The blood of the innocent cried out from the ground against them continually until eventually God had to step in and judge them. Did you know that? That the same Nineveh that was spared and given mercy eventually did face a judgment from God eventually? My friend, God always delights in mercy, but mercy upon the wicked can become unjust to the innocent. And when their cry becomes desperate enough, God will step in and defend them. Therefore, did the prophet Nahum record the final judgment and decree from the Lord? against Nineveh. 
And you can believe this, my friend, that the second outpouring of wrath was far worse than the first that was averted. Because great is God's mercies, but great also is the penalty for taking them lightly. For they come at a great cost, and he will recompense. Likewise will the final judgment come upon this world for the same reason. Such great undeserved mercy has been given at the cost of the blood of Jesus. Yet has the world still fought to suppress and oppress God's people and the blood of the innocent still cry out to him for deliverance. So will the judgment that he came to save them from still come. And greater will be the reckoning of it on the other side of that unappreciated mercy. In the end, the wrath of God will be poured out upon the wicked. So is the fate of every ungodly nation in history. But praise God for saving the humble and repentant out of them, for paying the price of redemption, for sending the warnings and speaking the truth to us and showing us the pattern of things to come. This world will burn. Because the wrath of God comes in fire. So did it also for Sodom and Gomorrah, Nineveh, and many others who have refused to live by his example of selfishness. Yet the more mercy he shows us, the greater the judgment that is building up. So don't take God's mercy lightly. Eventually it does run out. Just like the door of the ark in the days of Noah, the window of repentance will one day shut For all of us, and then the judgment. So let us read Nahum's warning to Nineveh of its destruction. The full book of Nahum is a record of this warning. It's only three chapters. Let us hit the highlights of it. In Nahum chapter 1 verse 2, we see the warning that God is going to have to pour out justice on the wicked in defense of the innocent. It says God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he will reserve wrath for his enemies. Yet as we skip down a little bit to verses 5 through 8, we see that even in the midst of these great things that are coming upon the wicked, does God still promise to never turn his eyes away from the righteous even in the midst of it? He will be a help to them. It says the mountains quake at him and the hills do melt and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwelleth therein, who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Yet the Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows them that trust in him. But with an overthrowing flood will he make an utter end to the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. In chapter 2, touching on a few of the verses, we see a picture of what happened that God allowed the northern armies and kings and other nations to come in to rise up against Nineveh, to attack them, to come with chariots and horses and flying projectiles. It says the shimmering spear 
and the sword overtakes them. They attack their infrastructure. In verse 8, we read, But Nineveh is of old like a pool of water, yet they shall flee away, and standing afore shall they cry, but none shall look back. She is empty and void and waste. The heart melteth and the knees smite together and much pain is in all loins, but the faces of them all gather blackness. This is a description of the men who are witnessing what is happening to this once great and powerful nation. Verse 13 says, Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke and the sword shall devour thy young lions and it will cut off thy prey from the earth and the voice of the messengers shall no longer be heard in it their destruction is beyond comprehension their leaders are running and hiding in these descriptions the other nations are actually cheering at their downfall because that they have oppressed and occupied others for so long because of their sin selfishness wickedness and indifference most of the people outside of their walls are actually glad to see them fall in chapter 3 the vinyl chapter starting in verse 3 we read the horsemen lift up both the bright sword and the glittering spear and there is a multitude of slain and a great number of corcuses and there is no end to the corpses they stumble upon their corpses there are so many because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot the mistress of witchcrafts the seller of nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcraft behold i am against thee saith the lord of hosts and i will discover thy skirt upon thy face and i will show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame verse 5 says and it shall come to pass that all they that look upon thee shall flee from thee and say nineveh is laid waste who will bemoan her where shall i seek any comforters for her verse 7 says behold thy people in the midst of thee are all like women the gates of thy land shall be set wide open unto thy enemies. The fire shall devour thy bars. Draw nigh waters for the siege. Fortify thy strongholds. Go into the clay and tread the martyr. Make strong the brickling. And even there shall the fire devour thee. The sword shall cut thee off. It shall eat thee up like the canker worm. Make thyself many as the canker worm. Make thyself many as the locust. Thou hast multiplied thy merchants above the stars of heaven. The canker worm spoileth and flieth away. Thy shepherds, in other words, your pastors, they are sleeping. Thy shepherds slumber. O king of Assyria, thy nobles shall dwell in the dust. Thy people are scattered upon the mountains, and no man gathers them. There is no healing for thy bruise. Thy wound is grievous, and all that hear the brute of thee shall clap their hands over thee. For upon whom hath thy wickedness not passed continually? O oh Lord, let us never forsake your mercy, Lord. We know that it says of Job that those who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. 
Lord, you have been so patient and so kind to give us all time and space for repentance, but how much greater and sorer the punishment on the other side of your mercies because that Jesus paid a price for it, because that there are saints of old who suffered and bled and died and gave of their energy and their time that gave their very lives to bring to us the words of God and help us to walk in your righteousness. There are those who fasted and prayed and believed and obeyed to help us to walk in the right way that judgment might be stayed. There is a price that has been paid and you will recompense it upon the head of the wicked. How much greater will the judgment be on the other side of these mercies? There is a time of reckoning coming for us as individuals, for the nations and eventually for all of creation. Make sure that you're ready for it. Make sure that you're found in right standing because he said that he will be a protector, a defender of the defenseless, but for the wicked, the rebellious, and the selfish, he himself will fight against them. So today, Lord, we intercede in all faith and desperation for our nation. And for all the nations of the world, Lord, we pray for even our local government and leaders as we are instructed to do by Paul in the book of Timothy. Because you see, my friend, we all have a territory, a land that we have been given to possess and to occupy just like God did with Joshua and the tribes of Israel. They each had a land to possess It was up to God to deliver that land into their hand, but they had to stand and be willing to deliver and demonstrate his message. Many times they failed at this, but you have an opportunity where you are. There is an authority that has been given to you that you can stand and tell the enemy no more. So in the name of Jesus, we claim our land and we say no more to the enemy. You've got to get out of it. We break all agreement with the wickedness, with the selfishness, with the shedding of the blood of the innocent. Lord, we stand in agreement with heaven against this. God, we are asking for your mighty hand of deliverance to move however you see fit. Father, we personally repent for any agreement or even complacency that we have ever had with it because the word of God also says that he puts a seal of protection on the heads of those who cry against the abominations of the land that when judgment does come for it, he will pass over them. Lord, we cry out for the blood of Jesus and we stand in agreement with what he had to teach us, which puts us in opposition to the things of this world. We cast out the spirit of death, of murder, of hatred, of offense, of selfishness, of materialism. We break agreement with the witchcraft and control and manipulation and intimidation that the enemy has put upon the people of this nation. Oh Lord, when your hand moves against the wicked, let us not be found among them. But let us rather be found under your covering, under the safety of your pavilion, abundant in blessing and mercy and provision that we might be able to help others, to teach them, to bless them, to help them come to the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus, to lead them in paths of righteousness, even as we ourselves were helped by someone else. O Lord, equip us and cleanse our heart from any hardness or bitterness that might prevent us from being useful just like you had to do to Jonah because he didn't really have a heart for those of Nineveh. But even in their judgment and destruction, your mercies are new every morning and you desire 
to save. You are a God full of grace and mercy and anxious to forgive. When men are finally humbled enough to repent, help us to remember this and to reflect it to them. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.